1: everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and it is Saturday. I was going to do this podcast on Friday, but it just seemed like the two podcasts were too close. Well, here we are doing it on Saturday. I'm going to skip over the things that I like and go right to the people that I like. I want to thank all of the Patreon supporters and in no particular order, Ian, Don, Dale, Cameron, James, Mark, and and Nate, thanks so much for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. And if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and uh, take a peek. And that, I try to keep it nice and cheap. And uh, let's move on, shall we? Because we got not so much stuff to talk about. It's, it's kind of a quick show. I got a couple of rapid fire things here. Inside EVs, Tom Maloney. Uh, he asks, or a lot of people have asked him, does the 48 inch screen on the Byton M-Byte obscure the driver's view? So Maloney's actually, and I hope I'm saying his name right. He's actually ridden in the M-Byte and from his point of view, it doesn't. Uh, the screen auto dims and stays static while driving. Byton says they designed the screen not to be distracting or obscure the driver's view. So we'll kind of see, uh, based on, uh, when, when people can actually start driving this car uh, right now, you know, we just kind of hate that people are riding in it, but until people start driving it and kind of seeing whether or not that's the Reuters story, Cadillac or GM is turning the Cadillac into an electric vehicle. Now, I don't know if it's going to be all Cadillacs or just one model, and I don't know if it's going to be the SUV or the sedan version. And the reason why we don't know is because this was uh, this information comes uh, according to two people briefed on the matter. So, who knows what that means? But we'll see. The next two stories are from Fred Lambert. Ford will stop producing some of its vehicles in Europe and will release some all new electric vehicles in Europe and electrified versions. We we'll read into this hybrid plug-in hybrid versions of current models. I'm guessing that means the models, they didn't. Um, Yeah, so that's good, I guess. I don't know why Ford's not doing this everywhere, but I guess Europe is hurt. GM CEO Mary Barra and I, we have something in common. She doesn't think Tesla wants to buy one of any of GM's plants because Tesla doesn't want union employees. Apparently, there has been some discussions, but uh, Tesla, it turns out, doesn't doesn't want them. Um, I thought the same thing initially, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast. Tesla, if Tesla buys or leases one of these plants, um, Ohio is not a right-to-work state, so they would have to uh, work with the unions. They don't have any choice there, which would give the union an inside track in California because once you're a union in one area, you can't not be union. Yes, you could. It's not practical. Anyway... um, so in a quote, Tesla, this is Barra talking, Tesla's not interested in our GM workforce represented by the UAW, so really it's a moot point. Tesla had no comment. So we'll see. I, I would imagine before before Tesla drops dead as a company, they will be represented by some union. Right now, it's a moot point, according to Barra. This is an auto blog story, Joel Stocksdale reporting. If you want to buy a Model S or Model X 75D, you'll have to buy it before Sunday, January 13th, 2019. That's tomorrow. You'll have to buy it tomorrow. I guess you have to buy it before the 14th of January. Right now, uh, the base models of those vehicles are right around $76,000, a little bit more for the Model X. The base model uh, will be, on January 14th, $94,000, and that will be the 100D. So, ah, that is... That is a that is a pricey vehicle. They're definitely adding some difference uh distance between the Model 3 and the Model S and X. I went through and I uh, worked it out the highest uh package I can get for the Model 3 was $70,500. So there's still quite a difference between $70,000 and $94,000 giving some space in between the Model and S Model S and Model X or excuse me, Model 3 and Model S and X, I guess, the other two. So my guess, my thought is uh, Tesla's basically only got the one battery now for the Model S and Model X. Will this um, allow them to bring costs down because they only have to make one car Uh, because all of the other options that are in there, um, as far as the safety and hardware and stuff, that's all built in. So the only differences are like the interior colors and tires. That's really it. And the paint color. So is that going to bring costs down? Um, It probably will for Tesla. I doubt that will be passed on to um, the consumer. Maybe. Let's see. Uh, Elon implied on Twitter that the Tesla Roadster will hover. This was in reply uh, to a Richie Hill tweet which featured a gif of a DeLorean from like back to the future, looking DeLorean hovering. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned it and it's kind of silly. Uh, next three stories, Red Lambert of electric the model three is the best selling sedan premium sedan in the United States. That's great. Um, Model 3s and maybe some other EVs are all lined up at the San Francisco port, waiting to be shipped to European markets. There could be as many as a 1,000 Model 3s waiting to be shipped to Europe, which is uh, not going to put a dent in the demand for Model 3s, but it's a start. And that's exciting for European customers. Of course, that does not... uh, that doesn't include right hand drives so these vehicles are not going to the uk the u.s is implementing a quiet car the quiet car rule so this is something we are actually talking about in regards to motorcycle slack on the patreon slack and uh, ian brought up that this quiet car rule i don't know if that's exactly what they called it happening in the uk and europe and now it's i think it's the uk and europe and now it's happening in the United States as well. And it's gotta be implemented before September, 2020, but car manufacturers are starting the process. At least Tesla is. So the rule makes automakers add a noise to warn pedestrians when an EV or hybrid is, hybrid is traveling at low speeds. So this is 12.4 miles an hour or lower, which is 20 kilometers per hour. Um. Like I said, Europe and U- the UK have a similar law. This is a controversial, 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 man. Third take, you should have heard some of the other ones. So just assume that I said that word right. Um, and in the EV community, because a lot of people who are owners of EVs think that this is singling out um, EVs and it's not fair. I would go far, so far to say that it's plenty fair and the, those people should get over it. So who's this going to help? Well, it's going to help me. Um, I told the story on Slack, but very early on when the Prius, not when it was first released, it was a couple of years old, I was working in an auto accident and uh, I just kind of felt this presence come up behind me and it was on a very low traveled road. It wasn't a big deal. It was in the middle of the daytime. I didn't feel like it was in any danger, but I kind of felt this presence and I turned around and there, there was a Prius probably within three feet of me and it scared the bejesus out of me. And it was stopped. It wasn't going anywhere. I just didn't hear it come up. I thought, uh, like, my heart just kind of dropped into my foot. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy could have run me over. I wouldn't even have known. Um, so it's going to help first responders. It's going to help the visually impaired. Of course, that's a really important thing. Inattentive pedestrians, like you're on your phone, and children kind of playing in the street because kids don't pay attention. So built jolt to their brain saying, hey, get out of the street if they hear the noise. The Model Three currently has a little speaker underneath the the car near the um, it's underneath the bumper on the right side of the car. So, like I said, this regulation is going into place September, twenty twenty. I'm glad to see Tesla is building it into their cars now. So that's uh, Simon Alvarez of TeslaRati. Stephen Shork, who is a noted oil analyst, appeared on Fox Business, and he pointed out. And I was going to play the clip, uh, but honestly, there's there's like five seconds of what he says that's important. And then the rest of it is gobbledygook. So basically he said there are Tesla's putting out X amount of model threes a year with every electric. And then he mentioned Porsche and Audi and all these other companies that are building EVs with every electric vehicle out there. That's one less car buying gasoline and the oil company needs to brace for this. Now, there's some stories that I didn't do that I'm thinking about doing a Patreon episode on about how the oil company is, A, bracing for the electric vehicle, and B, investing in the electric vehicle. But I do think this is a good point. And at the end of the video, when it, right before the clip is over, the announcer on Fox, or the host on Fox, uh, she says, you know, these electric vehicles are great. Once you get in one, you don't want to get out. You don't want to drive anything else. I'm assuming she has an electric vehicle, uh, But she was a very positive electric vehicle. And uh, Mister Shigai, who's an analyst, I think for the Wall Street Journal, I can't remember. It was some big. Um, but anyway, needless to say, uh, he is a technical analysis of energy markets, fundamental and technical analysis of the energy market. So he should know. Moving on. Okay, this is our last story. And this one is a little bit of a downer. Um, It's a lot of a downer. So in May, I think it was May, we talked about um, some teenagers that were traveling at a very high rate of speed in Florida, there was a turn on the road that they were on, and they did not make that turn. And they crashed into They bounced off of like a light pole crashed into a concrete wall, the vehicle caught on fire and two of the victims died. Third one was ejected and they were in critical condition, but survived or serious condition. I don't know if the family of the driver and I'm, you know what? I'm really reluctant when it comes to these things to mention names. And it's not for any other reason than, um, at my job, I have to follow HIPAA. So I can't talk about specific patients anyway. So it makes me uncomfortable saying, even though it's published, it makes me uncomfortable saying patients' names. So I'm going to dance around that because um i don't know for whatever reason it's always been ingrained in me and i just don't talk about so um so we're gonna dance around that but the family is suing tesla because it failed to warn purchasers of its vehicles of the battery's dangerous condition they claim the battery pack was defective and catching fire led to the deaths and uh talk about that as it goes on um So the three teens who crashed the Model S, uh, once it hit the concrete wall, the S caught on fire. Let's see. Here's Tesla's response to the the lawsuit. Our thoughts continue to be with the families affected by this tragedy. Unfortunately, no car could have withstood a high-speed crash of this kind. Tesla's speed limit mode, which allows Tesla owners to limit their car's speed and acceleration, was introduced as an over-the-air update last year in dedication to the customer's son. So this is then dedication to the the eighteen-year-old driver who passed away, who was who tragically passed away during the accident. Oh, an accident passed away in the accident. Sorry. So yeah, so um, the. The the family appealed to Tesla, saying this is something that needs to be in your cars, and Tesla agreed, and they they made this over the um, year. Um, now, a couple of weeks, or maybe in even a month or two before the 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 driver passed away uh, because of this accident, uh, they the parents had put a speed limiter that Tesla installed at a Tesla service center. I think it was two months prior to the accident. Because the driver, the 18-year-old driver, got a ticket for going 112 miles an hour on a Florida highway. Now, the 18-year-old driver had a, had the limiter removed without his parents' knowledge. So that's that's kind of important. Um, I don't know who actually owned the car. I don't know if the car was a gift and from his parents or if he paid for it himself. It doesn't matter. I don't know if the car was in the 18-year-old's name. And the parents were fit in the bill, or if the eighteen year old was fit, foot in the bill, or if it was in the parents' name and the eighteen year old was just allowed to drive it. I don't. I wasn't able to find all that stuff. But if the car was in the parents' name and the eighteen year old took it to Tesla and the, the Tesla center removed it, I can see where that is a problem. That I can totally see where that is a problem legally for Tesla and they probably deserve um some sort of, there deserves to be some sort of lawsuit there if the driver was the one that whose name was on the paperwork and owned the vehicle um he's 18 he can do whatever he wants so i'm not really sure how that uh, whether he needed his parents permission or not he doesn't he's 18 it's his car so i don't know how that whole thing played out but um i read the ntsb report now it's not complete it's pretty much the the preliminary report and we're going to go over some information here so the road that they were traveling on was a 30 mile an hour road so you can't go more than 30 the tesla moved uh from the moved to the left lane from the right lane to overtake a vehicle while attempting to move back to the right lane that's when the vehicle left control lost control it there was a pretty tight turn ahead um i guess it it's a problematic turn in a lot of uh, cars end up getting in accidents there because people aren't paying attention. Uh, three seconds before the collision, the car was going 116 miles an hour. A lot of outlets that I uh, came across reported that the car hit the the wall at 116 miles an hour, and that's not true. So three seconds before the collision, it was 116 mile, miles an hour. Two seconds uh, before the collision, it was 108 miles an hour. And the brakes were applied and, um, the steering angle was increased, which means that the driver was trying to correct for that turn and stability control engaged on the Tesla. And now at the point of impact, the speed was decreased to 86 miles an hour, which, um, that's pretty, pretty significant, significant from 116 to 86 miles an hour in three seconds. Um, the big difference, like I said, that's a big difference now, whether or not somebody would have survived the initial crash in any other vehicle, we don't know. I've seen, like I've said time and time again on this podcast, I've seen people who you wouldn't think that there would be a scratch on them and they've had serious injuries or they're dead, um, off of a, a, you know, small car accidents and they just got hit the right way and i've seen people who you think oh this is not going to go well and as you're pulling one body out there's somebody alive inside so you you never know whether or not somebody's going to survive or not and when tesla wrote this up here i think this is problematic um no car could have withstood a high speed crash of this kind and it depends on how the car hits it really depends on a lot of factors Not everything is, uh, the only consistent in a car accident is they're inconsistent. So that is, uh, I'd be, I would really hesitate to write that, to be honest with you, but there is no doubt that that is a, a lot of energy, uh, traveling into a unmovable object. And so not to say that's unmovable, you'll break through it, but an object that's not meant to be moved in a concrete wall. I'm guessing it was like a block wall. Like you'd find it at a residential neighborhood and that in itself isn't, I mean, that kind of gives way, So that absorbs a lot of the energy versus like a concrete pylon that you'd find in a construction site. I don't know what it was, but like a concrete pylon, you'd find at a construction site. Those things don't give way. There's they're meant to stay in place and you could actually get a, you know, you'd get, um, the risk of injury is much higher for the, with those. So, um, moving on, we don't know, I guess is what I'm saying in the same situation in a different vehicle or another Tesla. We just don't know because the way, um, the way things turn out. So there might be that they hit a curb the right way and there's not minimal damage, but Everybody in the car is safe. Now, it is worth mentioning the person, the two people in front had seatbelts on. The third person who got ejected did not have a seatbelt on. Uh, Now, I couldn't find whether the impact of uh, was the cause of death or the fire was the cause of death. In in a lot of cases, um, probably be the cause of death. Um, Not in every case, but in a lot of cases where it's a, I I don't want to say that, man, getting real tricky. I'll say judging by the speed that they were going and what they hit, the impact could have uh, been the cause of death. We don't know. Um, If they were alive and the fire was the cause of death, that is terrible. Um, It's terrible either way, but that's especially terrible if they couldn't escape the vehicle. But we don't know. And, uh, I certainly don't want to sound, um, insensitive because this is a very difficult talk topic to talk about because despite the fact that this kid has a history of going really fast, it does not not take away from the fact that he was a person and people loved him. None of that, um, uh, none of anything that I'm saying takes away from that. And I, I calloused or anything like that, which, um. From a first responder's point of view, it may sound like it's being callous or anytime uh, someone passes away in a car accident or pretty like it's hard because you know that there's somebody out there that loves them and now they're not going to uh, have them in their life anymore. And that's, that's very, very difficult. So I don't, I don't fault the family for what they're doing because they are grieving. I don't know that it's Tesla's fault though. The other family, um, the family of the other person who died in the crash has also, um, retained legal representation. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that. Um, obviously, I have my opinions and I'll leave you to make up your own opinions on this case. That is the whole show. Way to end it on a bummer, huh? Goodness gracious. I should have put that. Uh, yeah, in in either case. Um, not. Need. Hope everybody out there is safe. And uh, all right. Oh, geez, Lou. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at 918digital. And if you want to support the show on Patreon, all the money goes to the show. None of it goes to How I Live uh, Bills. It is It goes into its own special bank account. It is patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. And uh, that's it. I'll put all of the show stories in the... Or all of the stories we did today on the show notes... I'll throw a couple extra videos in if you're interested in looking at videos. And that should be it. I hope everyone has a great week, and I will talk to you next week.